Looking around in South Fulton, I said, well, who's going to take care of South Fulton? Right. I mean, who's, who's actually going to sit up and actually help people uh, when they need it? So my thing was, I said, well, I need to do something. If nobody else is going to do anything, I will. Welcome to the Southside Show, your local news and information source for Atlanta's South Side. Welcome to the Southside Show. I'm your host, Artie Jones III. Each week, we shine the spotlight on the Southside's rich culture and colorful history, which has a global effect on faith, economy, politics, and technology. Don't sleep on the Southside. We'll introduce you to the talented individuals, visionary leaders, innovative entrepreneurs, and game changers that make us Southside strong. Today's guest is Dr. Ronald Tober, who is the owner of Red Oak Animals Clinic. How you doing, Dr. Clinton? I'm fine. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, thank you for being a guest on the Southside Show. Um, for our Southside Show guests, could you please tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, where you, uh, are you from, first of all, are you from the Southside of Atlanta? Yes, I am. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you were actually born and raised in this area? No, not really, but I spent a great deal of time here since 1984. Uh, originally, I uh, grew up in uh, Miami, Florida. Miami. Okay. I, okay. My father was from Savannah, my mother's from Atlanta, so we have roots here. Okay. So I have a lot of relatives here and a lot of uh, history. Uh, we spend a lot of time here. Oh. Um, I have been the owner of Red Oak Animal Hospital since 1984. And we have uh, served the community for, uh, I guess, for over 35 years now. Okay. All right. Well, you have some deep roots here on the south side. Um, so tell me a little bit of where did you matriculate from as far as schooling and everything? And you say that you are actually the owner of Red Oak Animal Clinic as a, a veterinarian. Tell us a little bit about your, you know, your matriculation and how did you end up, you know, being becoming a veterinarian? Yeah, that's a long story, but let me make it a little bit shorter for you. Okay. I guess when I was 14, my father asked me, what do you want to do when you grow up? I said, well, I kind of like animals. So he got me a job with a veterinarian and he didn't want to hire me, so I told him I'd work for nothing, and I did for two weeks. Uh, after that, he decided, well, he's working pretty good. I'll give him $25 okay. for the first two weeks and pay him 65 cents an hour after that. <laughs> so I worked for him for four years. Um, after that, I went to Tuskegee University. At that time, it was Tuskegee Institute. Gotcha. I paid for my first two years tuition with the money that I made working for that veterinarian. Wow. Uh, eventually, I applied to veterinary school uh, several times, and I did not get accepted until after I completed my master's in parasitology. So I had my BS in animal science and my master's in parasitology. I got accepted to both Tuskegee and University of Georgia and elected to go to UGA. Okay. All right. I spent four years at UGA, got my degree. Uh, my first job after that was in South Georgia in Baxley, Georgia, working for Esco Hall, Jr. I spent about a year there, and then I moved here to Atlanta. After three years working for a couple of different veterinarians, I opened up Red Oak Animal Hospital here in College Park at that time. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. So, uh, pretty much you set up your own internship early on, and uh, all of a sudden, it's amazing that you were able to, you were that disciplined to be able to save your money over the years to be able to go to school for your first couple of years and just pay for it out of your pocket. Mm -hmm. It shows that you have a, a great deal of, of, of discipline. And, um, you well, know, I learned that from my father and my first boss. Mm -hmm. um, 
I wasn't free of it. It gave me a lot of responsibility early. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of helped my maturity because I, when I got to Tuskegee, I mean, everybody was wild. I mean, I'm away <laughs> from home. I can do whatever I want to do. Mm -hmm. And to me, I said, well, my education got to come first because he instilled that in me. Um, before I opened up Red Oak Animal Hospital, I did relief work, work for other veterinarians when they wanted to go on a uh, vacation. I did house calls. Okay. Um, that's how I came up with the money to help me get started. And I just went from there. Okay. So um, as a veterinarian, whenever, I guess, I'm from Southeast Georgia also, but more so on the, the East Coast, Atlantic Ocean, um, off the Atlantic Coast. Um, whenever I think about veterinarians, the first thing that comes to my mind, okay, is like dogs and cats. But, you know, our conversation earlier, you were telling me about, I was asking you about some of the, the animals that you worked on. You said cows, pigs, right. even a bull at one time, right? Yeah, we did a lot of cattle work when I was in South Georgia. We did cattle, we did a lot of hog work mm -hmm. uh, down there. And uh, that was challenging, but uh, you know, back then I was real young, I could thought I could do just about anything. But sooner, you know, as you get older, you have to tone it down. Mm -hmm. When I got to Atlanta, I continued that. And even to the point where I was working on the carriage horses downtown. And that was part of the, a lot of the part of the large animal work that I did. And a lot of people don't realize in this area, you know, it was South Fulton then. Uh, we didn't have, it was unincorporated. So we have a lot of horse farms around here, a lot of goat farms, a lot of cattle farms. So uh, I was involved in that as well as when the Bill Pickens uh, Invitational Black Rodeo began. Uh, I was a rodeo veterinarian for them. So it would come once a year and we would have, uh, it was very exciting because a lot of people didn't know about black cowboys and, and that there was a culture back in the day where mm -hmm. they actually uh, did very well out in the West. And this show, you know, goes through a lot of different states and I became a part of that as well. So that was a good experience for me. Okay. So you were mentioning on the South side since you've been there since 84, you've seen a whole lot of change on the south side. Yes. A lot of the roads, major streets, even uh, retail outlets, you know, did not exist. Correct. Um, so, and there was a lot of farms here during that time also. So tell me, uh, right now, are you still working on the same type of animals right now, or has it changed over time? It changed over time for me because after I got older, I had to consider that, well, I'm a single parent. Okay. And I've been raising both my children since 92. Uh, one of them has autism. Okay. So, uh, of course, we're joined at the hip, you know, for, for life because, you know, he can't take care of himself, mm -hmm. although he does very well. There's a lot of things I can't do without him. <laughs> but as you get older, you feel like, you know, large animals, dangerous work, first of all. You have to consider that at some point you may get hurt or maimed. And I have to come home in one piece. Mm -hmm. just because of my circumstances. So there were at least three large animal veterinarians in this area for a long time. Two of us retired from large animal, I guess about 15 years ago. Since then, I've been doing uh, mostly small animal and pocket pets. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of where my, my roots were to begin with. It's, it's great to see the human-animal bond that we have between our clients and their, and their little furry babies and you'll be surprised what they will go through to make sure that they're mm -hmm. taken care of. Right. 
So um, what are the advantages? I know that you had the opportunity, you could have located your clinic anywhere, mm -hmm. you know, around the Atlanta metro area. What are the advantages, you know, the top two advantages to locating your clinic on the south side in the city of South Fulton? I guess when I moved here, it was, it was a very quiet neighborhood. Uh, everybody knew each other and we kind of took care of each other. And over the years, as a business owner, you get to know the other businesses in the area and we kind of talk about what's going on in the neighborhood and try to make sure that we do whatever we can to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. Uh, we look at the kids on the bus stop and we want to make sure they're safe. Um, if anyone looks like they're in trouble, we come to the aid. Um, for instance, uh, one time my daughter and my son, I don't know how, uh, got lost. And a person who knew me picked both of them up, brought them to the house. They said, look, they were right down the street and the dogs were walking them, so we just brought them home. home. <laughs> and that's the kind of neighborhood I grew up in and that I wanted to be a part of. So, uh, again, looking back, and, and I did some research uh, before I started all this. I looked at the geographical area, uh, what type of clients I would be dealing with, um, the schools, uh, the retail areas, and I just thought everything fit that I wanted to to be a part of. And I think I said, well, maybe I can fit myself in here and hopefully be uh, a good part of this community. Yeah. Well, I, what I can say is the short time that I've been with the city of South Fulton that, you know, you and your business is definitely a staple within the community. It's something that everyone knows about. I've seen your business for a long, long time now. I just never stopped because I didn't really have any pets. You need to come on by and see us anyway. Pay us a visit. Right, right. But I mean, you have a, an outstanding, like I said, an outstanding business and all. And then you're very um, well tied into the community. You serve on the uh, the Red Oak Main Street board now right. currently. Mm -hmm. And um, it seems as though that, like I said, everybody knows you. What are, what would you say of some of the advantages of doing business in the city of South Fulton? Well, again, there are a lot of good things happening here. Um, the park and recreations areas are, are up and coming. They, you know, when we were here, uh, Welcome Our Park merely had a shack on a hill. Mm -hmm. Okay, baseball fields and basketball park. Now they have uh, one of the largest uh, facilities in South Fulton. Mm -hmm. uh, where, and, and of course, the other board I serve on is Miracle League of South Fulton. And we cater to uh, having baseball for disabled children. Yeah. And that's where we play at Welcome Our Park in the hopes of one day building a rubberized field outside. So we'd like to see things uh, improve in a positive way. For instance, there are areas around here that have been un underdeveloped for so long. And we'd like to see those places uh, be revitalized. Uh, one of the reasons was is because we want to make sure that we keep the crime down, which as I understand, we have a low crime rate anyway. But the lower it goes, the better we all are off. Um, at the end of school years, when school is out, first three weeks, everybody braces for break-ins, robberies, and this kind of thing. We want to stop that kind of stuff. Right. Okay, we want to give young people something to do and make them realize that there's something else that they can do and they can kind of be anything they want to be with the right help. So we try to do some mentoring as well, which is why we take in interns uh, from high schools, uh, Tuskegee University, Fort Valley, um, 
We do presentations at uh, the local high schools, mm -hmm. uh, elementary schools. My toughest crowd was a kindergarten at Spelman. <laughs> <laughs> but when you bring in uh, puppies, baby puppies, and kids and things, you kind of get their attention. Mm -hmm. So those are kind of things that uh, kind of help us move things along. In addition, if you have areas where businesses have gone out of business, we'd like to see them replaced with something else. And there's a lot of room for that, and I think there's a lot of people that are looking to do that, and that's kind of why I stayed here. Uh, I love the neighborhood, I love the area, it's beautiful, mm -hmm. and uh, I think it's a great place to uh, live and work. Mm -hmm. What are some of those challenges that you can see down the road? If you were, let's just say, the mayor for the day and you could do something that would have a lasting effect in the city of South Fulton, what would that be? Well. I think one thing is to improve the traffic in the area. I think that jurisdictionally you have issues where you have to negotiate between the city, the county, and the federal government because all of those kind of things run through this area. I mean, we're in a, a, a stone's throw of Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport, so there are a lot of things that we could be doing better here. Mm -hmm. Uh, such as, you know, in, uh, improving traffic on Roosevelt Highway, um, uh, revitalizing the shopping centers that we have around here, um, uh, giving more young people things to do, like say there are areas where we can improve uh, bringing back Delano Road, for instance. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of property there where we can uh, improve upon having the parks there, the baseball field, um, that we just need more resources for uh, our kids to live and grow. Yeah, and the thing about it is that, you know, because of the board that you serve on, the Red Oak Main Street Board, mm -hmm. and also the Parks and Recreation Program, mm -hmm. I hear that there's major renovation work about to go on on Delano Road, the park that's located in that area. Would you like to speak on that a little bit? Well, yeah. We, we've looked at a lot of different things and, and they've had some people come in that want to partner with us. Mm -hmm. But what we're looking to do is, and, and, and I don't know the all of the ins and outs, but we talked about doing a Miracle League facility where we would have the baseball field, a, a playground for disabled kids and a splash pad. Mm -hmm. uh, I had the fortune of going to Tennessee last year for the All-Star game. And it's amazing the kind of things that they will, that they can do uh, to make sure that these kids have a good time and have a facility where they can have equal access uh, to playground materials um, and just to have fun. The other thing was, I think we were talking about a driving range, a golf driving range and a hiking trail. Mm -hmm. So those are some things they would look, and of course, uh, to bring back the park facility itself. Okay. What is your uh, what is your proudest uh, accomplishment that you can think of? I guess when I think back on it, my I always wanted to make sure that I had my own place of business and that uh, it became successful. And early on, I had a few doubts because, of course. It's been said that if you survive your first five years, then you're probably going to continue to stay in business. I passed that mark, but we still struggle because 
again, there are so many challenges that you have to go through. And most of what I did was without a loan, I did out of pocket. I would make a little money, buy a piece of equipment, make a little bit more money, uh, do a little bit of expansion, or do a little bit of re renovation. A lot of renovation I had to do myself. But there came a point where I said to myself, I said, you know what? I need to expand beyond the means, you know, uh, what's coming out of my pocket. So I eventually got a loan. And, and this is a good part about it. Now, and I won't name any names, but I was with a bank for almost over 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I had a few challenges with my credit. Uh, but, you know, when you've been with a bank for over 20 years, you would think they would lend you some money, mm -hmm. you know, do renovations. And I just didn't get that that kind of help from them. So I went to another bank and I talked with a guy and, you know, he came to my office, sat down with me, said, well, you know, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? And I just told him, I said, listen, um, over the years, I've had some challenges. I've, I'm a single parent, this is what I do. But one thing about it is, there's no one in this neighborhood that can tell you that my word isn't good. If I say I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it. If I promise you I'm gonna help you, then you can pay the bank on it. I pay my bills, and if I owe somebody, I pay them. And uh, he actually took that to heart and gave me all the money I needed to expand my practice. Okay. And that's the kind of um, cooperation and, and you know, personal uh, uh, things that people did for me Mm -hmm. that, you know, enabled me to be successful. Now, in turn, after all that happened, I said, you know, COVID came. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking around and, of course, we have food insecurity anyway. Right. Uh, in many areas uh, of Georgia and, of course, across the country. But in this particular instance, it was created by a virus. People were out of work, people were struggling. So I'm looking around and lots of People are doing good things in other communities like in DeKalb County. Mm -hmm. And of course, Tyler Perry is doing his thing. He's great, I mean, he's taking care of everybody. So I'm looking around in South Fulton, I said, well, who's gonna take care of South Fulton? Right. I mean, who's, who's actually gonna sit up and actually help people uh, when they need it? So my thing was, I said, well, I need to do something. If nobody else is gonna do anything, I will. So I got with the, uh, um, with the county commissioners, uh, mm -hmm. Helen Zenobia Willis in particular, okay. and of course with Wayfield Foods, and we thought of, and you know, I came up with the idea, I said, well, uh, on Martin Luther King Jr. birthday weekend, why don't we uh, pass out grocery carts? And so, first year I donated $5,000, we had $50 gift cards, and with the help of Wayfield, we added to it, so we were able to distribute uh, gift cards to, and we wanted to target the elderly, Mm -hmm. and those that had children. And this is our third year and it's, it's been a pretty big success and I think it's been a big help to the community. So I feel blessed for what the community has given me and I think it's time now that I give back to the community. Well, that's a great story. I can't, um, I guess doing economic development now for 25 years, um, banking relationships are so very, very, very key. And it's not always about credit. It's about the relationships that you have. And, you know, now you're paying forward and you're helping the people within the community. 
you are the Tyler Perry of the South Side. <laughs> well, <all of> that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you stepped up to the plate to do it. I, I appreciate, you know, the hard work that you've put into the community and your, your commitment also. Um, what would you like your legacy to be? It seems as though that you are, you know, you, you serve as a mentor. Um, you have people coming in and working with you. Um, you serve on the board for Fort Valley State College um, in, you know, helping um, young people um, with their education. Um, you serve on the Red Street, Main, uh, Red Street Board, Red Oak Main Street Board, um, as well as uh, the Miracle League. Um, what would you like your legacy to be? It seems to me that you know you're, you are, very very um, committed to the community, and it seems as though that if you had all the money in the world, that you'd probably be doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, throughout my career, there's always been someone who helped me along, mm -hmm. and at any point in time, I can point out an inflection point that where. I could have taken, I could have gone left, I could have gone right, and nothing would have worked out the way I wanted without, if not for the help that I received along the way. There's always been somebody that I can go back and say, this person helped me either financially or gave me the advice I needed to make the right decisions or raised me in a manner that I would sit up and think, hey, I, need, I don't need to do this, I need to do that. Right. So when that was all said and done, I look back on that and I say, you know what? People that are coming behind me are gonna need the same thing, all right? Mm -hmm. So, and of course, uh, my father was kind of an activist himself. Uh, he was involved with the Urban League in Miami, Florida and what we call Model Cities. He was the first president of that. So his whole thing, um, his whole life was dedicated to education and service. And I guess some of that rubbed off on me because I think part of our legacy in life is to go out and help somebody. Mm -hmm. And if you put anything on my gravestone, I hope they say, well, at least he tried to help somebody. At least he tried to make someone else's life better. Um, he went out of his way to make sure that, you know, people that were having trouble at least had a chance to do better or at least um, have a better life. And, you know, you don't get rich being a veterinarian. <laughs> Let's face it, a lot of people don't know that. Say, but you got a doctor in front of your name, does it? Well, <laughs> you know, I can make a living. I can go on vacation once a year. I can raise my family. But you don't get rich being a veterinarian. <laughs> so you got to have other motivation. The motivation is this. You're dedicated to your patients. You want to make sure that they're okay. Um, my clients are not just clients. They're my friends. And every time they come in, we're shaking hands, we're hugging, and they're trying to let me know, hey, we believe that you really care about what you do, and I do. Mm -hmm. And I want to pass that on to the younger generation to say that you need to be having pride in what you do. It's not always about, uh, who's the best or, uh, you know, your reputation uh, is, is, is more than it needs to be. Uh, you need to humble yourself and actually uh, let yourself know that you're not the center of the universe. Everything around you 
is the universe and that's what you need to help. So you can't go out there challenging any and everything that you see. If you want to live a good life, be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And make sure that the children that you have and that you raise, you do the same thing with them. Uh, right now we've got children raising children and I think that, you know, you hear about all the shootings that are going on on these young children, 14 and 15. I used to say to myself, what are you doing out in the middle of, uh, at that time of night anyway? Right. Because when, I guess when I was growing up, I don't know about you, but by the time, if the sun is not in the sky, by the time you get home, you're in trouble. Right. Period. Okay. And we ain't talking about it's still daylight out. If you don't see the sun and you're not in the house, it's over, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's not like that anymore. And I wish that, you know, I don't know what it would take to make sure that uh, these young kids at least are supervised or at home, you know, after 8 o'clock. I don't see any reason to be out at midnight when you're 14 and 15 years old on a weekday or even on the weekend. Right. Uh, but times have changed, social economics have changed. And that's, I guess, is a conversation for another time. Uh, as for me and my house, I will make sure that, you know, I try to make sure that my children grew up with responsibility and will be part of the problem. They will be part of the solution. And I think even if you can't get all parents to do the same thing, I think we as a community ought to encourage any young person you see, you know, to be the best that they can be. Okay. Now, for our Southside Show guests, anybody that might want to get involved with you, maybe donating for, you know, uh, food or anything like that, how might they be able to do that? Uh, well, uh, we're located at 4895 Ben Hill Road, uh, South Fulton, Georgia, 30349, and we also have a website uh, at redoakah.com. Okay. Um, I think that if you want, I think that for my own personal cause in Miracle League South Fulton, if you want to know that there, you can go to Miracle League South Fulton, M-O-S-S-O-F.com and uh, go to our website and you can see all the wonderful things that we're doing there. Uh, again, uh, and also we're on Facebook, so I think that uh, every year during, I guess in January, is when we try to collect the money you know, to distribute to uh, those families in need on Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday weekend. So we'll probably, just keep a lookout for that. We'll probably have something set up for you to donate for that as well. Okay, well, great. Well, what we're gonna do is we're gonna include a link to your business whenever this episode comes out so that our Southside Show guests will have a direct link to you so they can reach out to you, patronize you, actually, and also come out and donate and help you know with you know those things that you're involved in mm -hmm. uh, we thank you so much for being a guest on the south side show and we look forward to hearing uh from you in the future about the, the great things that you're doing mm -hmm. thank you very much thanks for having me all right thank you mm -hmm. all right and this is a wrap folks my time is up i'm Arthur jones your host of the south side show bringing you the latest and the greatest that the south side has to offer and if you don't remember anything else from this episode, please remember this. Don't, don't sleep, sleep on, on the, the south, south side. side. Take care, everyone.